0: like I don't go out and buy every new thing, right, like like every version of a new phone or every version of a new iPad or whatever, but I think about it a lot. I read stupid articles about when the next iPad's coming out, even though the iPad I have I love and I'm not going to get another one. Like I, I, I get caught up into this, even though I'm like, well, I don't spend the money, so it's okay, but it's an idol in my life. Someone said money, uh, wanting more, trusting in the amount that we have. That Powerball, like if you, whenever that was... You know what I'm talking about? It was like $650 million, I think. I didn't buy a ticket. I wanted to really badly. I thought so much about what I would do with whatever the amount would have been. Um, I, I was daydreaming. I was wasting time. It, for that period of time, it was an idol in my life. Um, and God says, to whom will you liken me? Nothing compares. Yet I value, I trust, I get sidetracked, I end up falsely placing my worship on people and on things that, that really have no right to be worshiped at all. Um, and God says, God says, this is a big, big deal. And we need to take our sin really seriously. Uh, because when we don't, then we don't understand our need for Jesus. When, when we let these things, little things, creep into our lives, and we let them take up residence, we don't realize how badly we need a Savior. Um, and that gets really scary to me because then we don't realize how badly our neighbors and our friends and our family need Jesus. So then it becomes easier and easier not to talk about Christ, not to proclaim our deep, deep, deep need for Christ. Um, so we're, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to have the band come up um, I'm going to give you some time, just in silence, to confess to God. Um, and, and for some of you, as soon as I said "idol," you, you could think of certain things in your life that you're like, "This is an idol." I know this is something that that has taken the place of God, or these are things that have taken the place of God. Um, for others, maybe um, maybe you have no idea. And the great thing is God does know. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. In this short time, if that's you, just ask God, Lord, reveal to me the idols that I have. Some of you may know the idols that you have, and you're thinking, I don't know that I want to get rid of these because I'm doing pretty good with them. Um, talk to God about that. Tell him that that you know this is in the place of him, but but you're not... You're not so sure if you're ready to get rid of it. Um, So, I'm going to give you like a minute and a half, then Emily and the band, they're going to lead us in a song of of response to this. My idols that I should have mentioned is I care what people think about me. (laughs) And as I was singing that song, I realized how much I care because I wanted to get down on my knees, and then I thought, no, people are going to think I'm doing this just because I'm the guy preaching today. How stupid is that? Um, I, the reason I don't want to preach is because I care what people think about me. I'm so consumed with that idol, so I confess that to you now. Ah, I thought I might not cry at all today. That's pretty funny. Um, okay, but let's keep going. And, and I, I want I to just marvel at how awesome God is. So this is picking up back in verse 23, Alex, um, of Isaiah 40, which I don't think I told you I was going to come back to this. Isaiah 40:23 um it just just talked about God stretching out the heavens as if they were a curtain he spreads the, uh, them like a tent to do on then it says who brings princes to nothing and makes the ruler rulers of the earth as emptiness scarcely are they planted scarcely sown scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble do you feel small yet? "To whom then will you liken me, or, sorry, to whom then will you compare me, that I should be like Him," says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these, who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of His might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. We're going to jump back up in Isaiah 40 to, uh, to verse 12. It says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, okay, so I tried this last night, right, I took my hand, and I, I wanted to see how much water I could hold, right, and I, if I hold it like that, I found out that's, like, my greatest capacity, I guess, so I thought for sure, oh, I can hold at least a tablespoon of water, not even close, right, so I, I backed it down to a teaspoon, okay, and I got it in there, and like with my hand just perfect and the surface tension just right, I got a teaspoon. So I'm like, I'm going to keep going. I added like three more drops, and it was gone. Um, so, man, who is uh, God? He's so big <laughs> that if he measured the waters in his hand, he could do it with one hand. Marked off the heavens with a span, right? So from here to here, he could mark off the heavens. Enclose the dust. Of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in, in scales and the hills in a balance. Who has measured the Spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him counsel? I don't know about you, but God's never come to me and said, Hey, I want to run something by you. What do we do here? <laughs> Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge? And showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket. I love the internet. I love Google. I Googled how many drops are in one gallon. <laughs> and it, you know how you type it and it finishes your sentence like before? It's great. Someone else has asked this question before. Many someones. And uh, so I found, like uh, I think, on Yahoo Answers... Someone gets up there, and he's like, well, I think it's 4,500 drops because blah, blah, blah. And then, like, these scientists get up there, and like, no way, you're an idiot. It's clearly, at least, and it, anyway, they came up with, like, about 75,000 drops, depending on drop size, obviously, um, in one gallon, right? So I don't know how big this bucket is that we're talking about, but it's nothing compared to God. And, and we've got to keep in mind, Israel is this tiny nation, like the... The, the nations that are like a drop in the bucket to God and the Israel, they feel enormous huge um, matt eldridge who's our uh, he 's our youth intern and he, he uh, is the one that works with young life. They just left for camp yesterday um, so I guess the way young life camp works they, there's i think there 's like a thousand students there this week it 's huge right and um, each area like puts in a bid for how many students they they want to bring to camp. And then they're on the hook for that. And it's like 550 bucks per kid, right? So um, they thought they were doing great, and then people started dropping like flies. Um, so they're on the hook. And, and Matt was, well, I won't share the number, actually, because I don't know if that should be public information, but he was nervous. He's like, worst case scenario, it's going to be this much money that we're in the hole. And, uh, and I'm going, man, and it's easy for me. I'm not in it. I'm not over Young Life, so I'm not nervous, right? So I'm like, no, God... God is bigger than this. He can do this, right? So I see Matt like an hour later, and he goes, you're never going to believe it. Someone called and just donated $10,000 to us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a long story, and I can't get into it. But, but so I'm talking to him, and he's like, but I'm nervous that it's not real, right? And I'm like, Matt, even if it's not real, it should show you, like, God can do whatever he wants. He's got, he's got a way deeper pocketbook than, than anyone you know. Uh, it turned out it totally was real. Um, Anyway, the things that we get so nervous about, things we're so afraid of, like these nations that Israel was afraid of, they're a drop in the bucket, in a bucket to God. Uh, so behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel. Okay, so Lebanon must have been like this giant forest, like I think the, the Redwood Forest. So Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. This is a big God that's being described here, way bigger than, uh, than you or I understand um, so a couple of years into uh, being a pastor, I'm meeting with my mentor, and I don't remember what we were talking about exactly, but I will never forget the moment when he looked at me and he said, your God is too small. And that hurt. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like an accountant being told, I don't think you're good at math, right? <laughs> big, big deal. Um, and he was right. He's right. My understanding, my, uh, on some intellectual level, I'll tell you, oh God is good. You know, nations drop in the bucket. All, all this stuff. But practically in my daily life, the way I live it out, my, my God is small, and it's something that, that I, I constantly battle with. And it's not that my God's small; it's that my understanding of God is small. And and when my view of God is small, I don't trust Him when life has challenges. Uh, when I am afraid. I, I start trusting myself, even though God has never once failed me, and I have failed me too many times to count, over and over again. And uh, and, and maybe, maybe you're thinking, well, man, I can think of a ton of times God has failed me. I can't think of any, and and this includes um, this includes my friend Brett and Caleb dying last summer at camp. And I don't have time to get into how how God has shown me his faithfulness and his goodness through that. But I would love to sit down and talk with you uh, if you want to hear that. Um, God has never once failed me. I fail me over and over and over again. And I wonder, how would my life be different? I ask you, how would your life be different if you had a better understanding of how truly awesome and powerful God is? Um, David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we we don't have time. Um, I don't know what you think of when you think of uh, David and Goliath, but for years I just thought, man, David's courageous. David is courageous, but that's not what this story is about. This is is a faith story. Um, I'm just going to read a couple things that David says about this giant Goliath. Everybody knows about Goliath, I'm sure. Well, He's this big philistine, right? Uh, huge, huge, freakishly tall man, way taller than Frank. Um, that, uh, that was that was he was mocking Israel and uh, and Israel's army and uh, basically challenging him in a one on one fight, and winner takes all, right? So David, he's this little shepherd boy that that came to bring his brothers like some cheese and bread, I think. Um, so he hears about this and he is livid, right? So uh, this is in verse twenty six. Um, he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And if you don't know what that means, just think like it's Jewish trash talk, okay, when he says uncircumcised Philistine. Um, that he should defy the armies of the living God. David is ticked off because he knows who God is and how big he is. And this guy is talking as if, he, as if he's greater than Israel's God. And then, and then later he says, uh, so... Uh, Goliath says his thing and and tells him what he's going to do to David, and David says, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down. I'm going to cut off your head. I will give the dead... I will give dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with a sword, not with a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David knew God was big, and it impacted how he went into that situation. And... Uh, When we understand how huge God is, when we better understand how awesome he is, it changes how we live our lives. Um, A.W. Tozer wrote a book called Knowledge of the Holy. It's one of my favorite books. Um, uh, I I met a lot of smart people. Um, I've had a lot of smart friends, and they'll say stuff that's so over my head. I have no clue what's going on. Tozer could do that, But he's so smart that he can explain it in normal language to you. Um, And basically that's what he says in the intro. I'm not writing this for theologians. I'm writing this for normal people. Um, So I'm going to read you a portion of this. And please listen. I, I think it's good. That's why I'm reading it to you. So he says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The history of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion. And man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself, and the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he, in his deep heart, conceives God to be like. And I'm going to skip down. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God, just as her most significant message is what she says about him or leaves unsaid. For her silence is often more eloquent than her speech. She can never escape the self-disclosure of her witness concerning God. Were we able to extract from any man a complete answer to the question, what comes in your mind when you think about God? we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man. Were we able to know exactly what our most influential religious leaders think of God today, we might be able with some precision to foretell where the church will stand tomorrow. What we think about God matters. Our understanding of God matters. And it's easy for us, like I prayed earlier, we're busy, we're busy people, and it's easy to miss who God is, and to not just sit and marvel at how incredible God is, and I don't know, um, I don't know how you guys do that in your lives. I don't know how you remind yourself and and, and dwell on on uh, how big God is. For me, there, there are certain books that I read, like Knowledge of the Holy um, by A.W. Tozer. It's a really small book; <laughs> I can understand all the words in it. Um, uh, there's a there's songs that that I really connect with that that just Take me into God's presence, right? Uh, I was listening to one. I've got a CD. When I'm not listening to Sports Talk Radio, I pop in this CD. I'm driving to work the other day, and I'm just blaring it. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's talking about how holy, how awesome God is. There's, there's a line that gets me every time. It says, "How do I dare approach this holy one?" Um, there are passages in Scripture that that uh, that I go back to. Uh, Job, uh, Job 38, when God. Answers, Job, man, it's it's nuts, it's scary. I'm glad I wasn't Job. I'm glad I just get to read about it. Isaiah 40, that we're in. actually all of the all the chapters 40 to 50 are just awesome. Um, I want to share though two two different pieces of scripture um, that that I go to to recognize to remember how amazing, how awesome God is. And if it's not too weird for you, I would encourage you to close your eyes and just listen to this. This is in Revelation 1. This is John speaking. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, so this is Jesus, Was like the sun shining in full strength. And then it says this John says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. You can open your eyes now. Um, So there's only one experience I've had in my life that I can even kind of compare to, to John crumpling as if dead. So years ago, Lindsay and I went and we saw Hoover Dam. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's, it's incredible. Um, I, I should have looked up the dimensions. I didn't do any of that. But uh, w- we go up, and, and you could look over the dam. And physically, I, it, was, it was scary. It was so scary. Someone happened to drop something as I looked over. It took what felt like forever for it to hit the bottom. Lindsay, her physical response was she actually had to back away from the wall as if she was going to you know, be blown over by wind or jump or something. You know? It was so scary. So, so when John says, he falls down dead, I don't fully get that. Um, but I, I can kind of picture what that's like. So that's crazy enough, but here's what's really crazy to me. Then it says, but he laid his right hand on me. So, so Jesus' response to, to John realizing how awesome God is, is is he touches him. And I just think, man, our God is so good and so loving that, that that's, that's what he does to us. He reaches down into our life and, and touches us. Hebrews 4, uh, 13 through 16. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Uh, verse 13 It says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account, right? So God knows every single thing about us, the things we, we would like to forget, the things we've never told anyone, the things we're afraid to tell people. God knows all of those things. Verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, right? So, so Jesus He's our great high priest. He is the one that stands between us and God. We are viewed through Christ as righteous, right? If if we have if we've confessed that he is Lord and put our trust in him, this is our high priest. Verse 15 for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. It blows my mind that Jesus sympathizes with me in my weakness. I don't know about you, but I love it when someone gets me, when someone understands me, right? I've, I've had uh, um, situations where I'm trying to explain, like, like customer service, for example, right? You're talking, you're saying the same thing, you try it a bunch of different ways, and the person, like, doesn't get it. And you're like, what is going on? Like, why do you not understand this? And then finally you get transferred, and that person gets it. You know what I'm saying, how good that feels? Right. Okay. Take that times a million. God gets us. He sympathizes with us in our humanity, and this is what he wants from us. Verse sixteen. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So that that scary description of Jesus in Revelation one, that Jesus wants us to come to him and and, and receive grace. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna show a video. Um, and you, some of you have probably at least heard um, the uh, the audio to this video. Someone, uh, this is a preacher from a while ago, I don't even know who he is, but he does just this great job of describing God. And uh, someone on, on uh, YouTube um, wrote the words up there, put cool music to it. it, it every time I see it, um, it, it just reminds me of how awesome God is. Uh, and then after that, we're going to have a chance just to verbally respond to God, J- just short sentence prayers, God, thank you for this, or God, you are this. Maybe it's, maybe it's something you know from scripture, maybe it's something you know from personal experience, but I just want us to proclaim how good God is to God and, and to one another. And uh, we'll have the band come up now, because after that, um, they're going to lead us in some singing. We're just going to respond to God. And, and I encourage you, get lost in how awesome God is. Let's show that video.